You are Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Time to lock and load. Time to get control. Time to search for soul and start again. What's up, guys, and welcome to a special Saturday episode of the Locked On Bucks podcast. I am David Harrison. Unfortunately, James couldn't be with us for this special episode, but we definitely wanted to get this out to you guys. So for those of you who aren't aware, there's football being played today, and it's professional football. There's professional coaches like Steve Spurrier, and there's players that you're going to recognize, whether they're from Florida colleges or from other NFL teams, uh, or even from the Buccaneers that you might have seen before. The only team in Florida is the Orlando Apollos. So we went ahead and we reached out to to their team reporter. And so what you're going to hear today is the interview that, that I conducted with him. And since James couldn't be with us, Evan Winter of Bucks Nation and of the Overtime Podcast went ahead and jumped on with me and uh, helped me out with this. I think it's good. I think you guys are going to enjoy it. It was a lot of fun to do. So uh, let's get let's get right to it. All right, guys, Evan and I are now joined by Tom Alexander, the team reporter for the Orlando Apollos. Tom, how are you doing? Introduce yourself to the Locked On Bucks listeners, uh, the Bucks Nation audience, and and tell us what the Alliance has to offer for NFL fans in uh, in need of some football. Yeah, well, uh, like you said, I'm the team reporter for the Apollos, which means uh, I'm on staff. I'm embedded with the team. Uh, we just got back last week from a, our month-long training camp in San Antonio, Texas. And uh, we've been practicing this week, uh, getting ready for our, our week one matchup with the Atlanta Legends. The Alliance is a new professional football league, eight teams across the country, 10-week season. Um, it's three-quarters to 80% of the players are guys who've been on NFL rosters in the last 18 months. Um, it's guys who are uh, – it's a complementary league to the NFL. So it's guys who are trying to get back to the NFL um, and, and, you know, get some more uh, game film uh, so that they can get a better look from scouts and GMs and coaches. Hey, Tom, it's Evan here. The pack, hey. the, the path back to the NFL for these players, is that something that's realistic? Or, I mean, obviously it's realistic that the, the alliance was created, but, I mean, is it more of something that they see as a short-term or a long-term type deal, getting back to the league? Um, the, um, it's, I mean, it's very real. It is very real. We had – uh, our protector pick QB draft back in the fall. Uh, the number one o- the number one overall pick in that draft was Josh Johnson. He was chosen by the San Diego right. Fleet or protected, and he uh, never ended up with the Fleet. He's, he signed with the Washington Redskins and nearly got him into the playoffs in the NFL. Um, in Orlando, our first round pick in that draft, Garrett Gilbert, our starting quarterback, uh, came to our mini camp in early December. And then got signed by the Carolina Panthers for Week 17 and got into the game and played pretty well. Um, and then was waived after the season and came back to us. So he's our starting quarterback in Orlando now. So it is very real. Um, we've got guys who were on NFL rosters as recently as August or September um, of just this past year. So it's, it's absolutely a, a very real in the near term uh, path as long as these guys perform well and, and get seen by the right people. Yeah, and I'm, I'm glad you brought that up, Tom. So are you aware of, um, are there any confirmed, or can you divulge any confirmed scouts from either the Bucks or any other NFL teams that are, are playing on attending the games? Uh, we've had, even in training camp in San Antonio, we've had scouts in different camps from literally every single NFL team, every team in the CFL. Uh, you know, just they're all interested. And, and we expect packed press boxes throughout the Alliance 
uh, for all of our games with scouts. Um, it's it's our scrimmage. We held some scrimmages in San Antonio, the whole alliance, and uh, and those scrimmages had representatives from just about every single team. Yeah, I'm looking at the um, the Apollos roster right now, and you're right. I mean, there's all kinds of names on here that I've seen recognized before, especially Garrett Gilbert, man. I remember when he had to come in for uh, poor Colt McCoy during the Texas um, exactly. Alabama. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, yeah he, he almost had him. He had him back in the game there for a minute. but uh, And then Austin Appleby, too. Um, as a UT fan, he was the quarterback of uh, at uh, Florida whenever UT finally broke the 11-game um, losing streak to him in Knoxville. That's right. But yeah, not only do you have recognizable players and all that good stuff, you've also got recognizable coaches, including Steve Spurrier. What's it like um, covering those guys, really? Coach Spurrier, um, you know, I, I had seen, you know, I grew up in Florida, so of course you know who Coach Spurrier is. Um, you know, you see him from afar, you know, you know, the persona on TV and the press conferences and all of that stuff. And and that's who he is. He's a, he's a real guy. Um, he He's very easy to get along with. He's a player's coach. The players love him. You know, even though in some cases he's old enough to be their grandfather, um, you know they you know they love him, uh, and and he's rejuvenated uh, coming back to coaching. He's been he's been wanting to get back into coaching. Uh, wasn't really looking for the grind of year round recruiting in college football, and uh, so you know he felt like the alliance uh, being close to his home in Gainesville, uh, being in Orlando and everything was was a good opportunity for him, and and he seems really happy to be back just on a team and, and coaching players again. And a huge opportunity for those coaches. I know uh, Carnell Williams, Cadillac Williams, to, to Bucks fans, uh, was on staff there with the, with the Iron for a little while, and then he got scooped up by Auburn. So people are, are definitely paying attention and, and getting opportunities out of the league. Looking at the, at the wide receivers, right? So I know we expect a lot of speed on the field this yeah. weekend from the Apollos. There is only one wide receiver that's six foot two. And everybody else is six one or shorter. Uh, everybody but Rennell Hall are, are six foot or shorter. So we're definitely looking at smaller, faster, more compact players. Um, what kind of uh, what kind of tempo should we, we expect from this game? Uh, I I would say, uh, given that our play clock is shorter than in the NFL, and we don't have TV timeouts or kickoffs, um, it's going to be a faster pace. Um, we had. I can't remember the exact number, but we, it was well over. It was over 100 plays run in our scrimmage with San Diego. Um, we're not going to run, you know, uh, uh, the kind of up tempo, no huddle offense that you see at the college level. You know, the Apollos, we still have a huddle, but the pace is a lot quicker. Um, Coach Spurrier likes to run an up tempo offense. He likes to, uh, you know, sometimes catch the defenses off guard uh, by by getting the ball up there quickly. So, you know, he's going to use that tool in his toolbox and the fact that we've got so much depth and speed at that position, especially, but all the skill positions um, to, to keep opposing coaches on their toes. What's the, what's the biggest difference you see? I, I know y'all have had limited practices and all that good stuff so far, but what is the biggest difference you see just in the play in general and then rules wise when it, the, when it comes to the NFL and the, the AAF? Well, I mean, in, in the play in general, I haven't really noticed much of a drop off. Um, you know, I mean, if you look at some of the, the lower level NFL teams this year, like Oakland or, um, Tampa Bay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> unfortunately, yeah. Tampa Bay. Um, you know, it, it's, it's, it's comparable and, and people from the NFL, very experienced people like Heinz Ward, who's one of our league execs and Troy Palomalu, who's another league exec and guys like that, you know, they, 
I don't see much of a drop-off. Even the players who have recently been in the NFL have said there's not much of a drop-off in terms of, of talent level. Some of them have said that, you know, we had a month of training camp and now we're getting rolling. And, and even at the NFL level, you see game speed from getting from the pre in the preseason is not as fast as game speed early in the regular season. And then game speed picks up later in the regular season and picks up even more in the playoffs as guys get used to being in their systems and, and they don't have to think as much about what they're doing. They can just be instinctive. And you'll see that in our, our, our league as well. Um, but uh, in terms of the rules, those are the most glaring uh, differences. Um, you know, the Alliance places a big focus and emphasis on player safety. So we've eliminated kickoffs and onside kicks. They're two of the most dangerous plays uh, in football. And they, quite frankly, they take some time uh, to set up. So they slow down the game. So uh, when there's a score or change of a half, uh, the offense will start with the ball on their own 25-yard line. And uh, in an onside kick situation, we have an onside conversion in the alliance. So if you are down by 17 points or more, or if it is within the last five minutes of the game, of the fourth quarter, uh, you can, after a touchdown, uh, elect to take, try an onside conversion, which is a fourth down and 12 from your own 28-yard line. If you convert, you keep the ball. And if you don't, your opponent gets it in your end of the field, basically. Nice. Uh, so how are, how are these rules formed? I mean, was it a committee that came up with all this or how exactly did all this come about or the rules? Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a committee. Um, the, the head of that committee is, uh, Jeff Fisher, the longtime NFL nice. head coach and who was uh, on the NFL rules committee, uh, right. for a long time while he was a coach in the league. Uh, so he's, he's sort of in charge of, of that group that has come up with these rule changes. Um, you know, we also, we don't kick for extra points. Everything is going for a two-point conversion after a touchdown. So, um, you know, these are, you know, every everything is designed either to make the game safer or make the game more accessible to fans by by condensing the time it takes uh, to play a full game. Yeah, I, re- I really enjoy some of the some of the nuances of of what the alliance is doing, and you know, talking about the league being a developmental league. Uh, I think the rules are, are just as as have just as much potential to impact the NFL in some ways. Um, I don't know with the, with the whole war of publicity and everything, you know, the NFL may be self-conscious about looking like they're copying the Alliance, but I don't, I think it's an, it's an interesting opportunity uh, to look at some things that have been brought up by fans and even by players in the past. And one of the things that I really was looking forward to talking to you about is the sky judge. Okay. Um, For one, I love the name. Like, I think the Sky Judge needs its own promotional commercial somewhere. I, ju- I just love the name. Tell everybody what the Sky Judge is and how impactful it's going to be. Uh, the Sky Judge is is basically an extra official uh, that is up in uh, the press box area that can see the whole field and can. Um, it's it's uh, not unlike the booth official in college football that rules on targeting plays where they can go ahead and if there was targeting that wasn't called, they can call it. Or uh, if there was targeting and they review it and learn that it wasn't targeting, they can waive off a targeting penalty in college. Uh, so it's very similar. The role is very similar in that way, uh, where they're basically just an extra official that can see things from a different angle than the on-field officials and assist them in, you know, getting the calls right. You know, we, we no one wants to see – a situation like what happened in the NFC championship game in the NFL with, with the Rams and the saints. Um, obviously 
you can argue all you want that uh, the Saints shouldn't have been in a situation where a call like that could have turned the whole game, but a call like that did end up turning the whole game, and no official wants that. I don't think in in any uh, organized football league, and and I you know no league executive and no player wants that. You want the players to decide the game. Man, I keep I keep hearing Sky Judge, and for some reason I keep having the uh, image of the Simpsons whenever Homer would see God. I don't know. That's just what <laughs> popping into my head. <laughs> you know, and hearing you talk about all that, it's awfully convenient. All of a sudden, you know, after the blown call in the NFC Championship game, I listen to local radio up here all the time. Um, fortunately, Nashville has one of the best um, uh, radio stations of 104.5 The Zone and one of the top-ranked programs in the country in the midday 180. They have a ton of guests on all the time. And one of their guests, I believe it was John McClain of the Houston Chronicle, if I remember correctly. I don't want to put any words in anybody's mouth. Um, but he did speak about having some kind of eye in the sky to help avoid those situations. So how ironic it is that the the league that's dubbed the copycat league might actually be copycatting some of the alliances, uh, some of y'all's, y'all's adaptations, for lack of a better word. Yeah, I mean, you know, if you look at history, if you look at the old the USFL back in the 80s, um, they had two-point conversions. Uh, after the USFL folded, a few years after, the NFL adopted two-point conversions. And granted, they were running college football, too, at the time. But there were some other modifications in the USFL that worked their way into the NFL game a few years later. Um, the NFL says it's focused on player safety. You know, we're all very aware now of uh, the issues and the, and the risks to the athletes who play football. And so, yeah, one would think, you know, whatever the NFL is going to do and is trying to do to, to make things safer, the Alliance is doing its thing to make things safer. So, yeah, maybe maybe the two shall maybe the two shall meet someday. Um, you know, it's it's we all we all are trying to do the same thing. We want we we love football. We want the game to be as safe as possible for the athletes. We want it to be as fun and convenient as possible for the fans. And so the Alliance is trying to do that in this way, and, and who knows what will happen with other leagues in the future. Trendsetters and trailblazers, man. Reading some of the stuff that I've read about the league, it's just – it's really interesting to me in life where, where sometimes things just work at the exact right moment, right? And, and the Sky Judge is one of those things. I mean, the, the Saints and Rams game makes the Sky Judge that much more of a, an innovative idea and something that just – it's people fixing people, right, instead of machines fixing officials sure. – it's an official helping out the other officials. Uh, something else that has struck me as interesting, and I think that uh, one of your one of your competitor leagues coming up, the XFL, is is it really an, an accident that these leagues are starting to get going right around the time we're probably looking at an NFL work stoppage in two years? Uh, I I wouldn't know. That's at, above my pay grade, as they say. <laughs> um, you know, I I, I yeah, I really I really wouldn't know. To be honest, I do know that um, you know our co our league's co-founder Charlie Eversall uh, did that ESPN 30 for 30 documentary about the XFL the first time around a few years back. His dad, Dick Eversall, the longtime NBC sports exec, uh, co-founded the XFL with Vince McMahon uh, mm-hmm. back in the early 2000s. So he learned a lot. Charlie learned a lot from from learning about his dad's experience, and that was. That experience of making the documentary, he says, gave him the genesis of the idea for the alliance, and he was able to uh, convince Bill Polian, uh, you know, the Football Hall of Fame GM, to uh, be his that his idea was sound and and 
Napoleon wanted to be his co-founder and, and the first commissioner. He's our head of football. Um, you know, and then once you get a name like Bill Polian on board, then you get other guys, Jared Allen, Heinz Ward, Troy Palomalu, Jeff Fisher, you know, guys who, who know the game and, and they've forgotten more about football than I'll ever know. So um, when you have guys who know what, what the game is about and how to put a good quality product on the field and also have a desire to improve the game and give back to the game and its players, um, you get a concept like the Alliance. And then when I, you know, I, I've only been involved with this for a few months. And when it was first announced a year ago, I was a podcaster like you guys who was watching from afar and looking at what cities they chose and the fact that they were playing college stadiums and not professional stadiums in most cases and the pedigree of the people involved. And uh, I was intrigued. And I, you know, I said to myself, if I'm not going to be part of this league, I at least want to cover it and know everything I can about it. Uh, and then, you know, here I am. So it's, it's, I love the concept. I think fans are going to really love what we put out there this weekend. I'll tell you, Tom, I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing, I really feel like, uh, you guys are, you guys are doing it the right way. I don't think we're going to see any awkward cheerleaders dancing in the stands or anything, uh, type of situation. <laughs> I think we've all, we've all learned our lesson from that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, no, so, so talk about the game this weekend. I mean, who are the, who are the main guys you think fans should be looking for when, when everybody, everything starts off? Uh, well, you know, I mentioned in Orlando, our, our starting quarterback is Garrett Gilbert. Um, at running back, it looks like a team hunt is going to be our likely starter. He was just with the Kansas City Chiefs not all that long ago. Um, at receiver, uh, Charles Johnson, who had a few good years very recently with the Minnesota Vikings. Right, that's uh, who I would be one of our there. stars at wide receiver. Um, you know, on defense, um, you guys being Bucks guys, you probably have heard of Darrell Worthy. Um, he's injured right now. He won't be back for a few weeks, but he's on our team. He'll be one of our key players on the D-line when he's back and healthy. Um, we've got, um, you know, at linebacker, we have uh, Terrence Garvin, uh, who was in the league in the NFL for six years with various teams, the Steelers, the Seahawks. Um, Will Hill at one of our safety spots, who was a longtime NFL player. Um, Earl Okine will be hard to miss because he's six seven and the biggest player we have. Um, he's that outside linebacker and he'll be one of our key edge rushers in our three four defense. Uh, so those are some of the guys on our team uh, to watch for. Um, you know, you may also want to keep an eye out for Marvin Bracy Williams Jr., uh, one of our receivers who is a former sprinter on the 2016 U.S. Olympic team, and uh, he says he's the fastest man in professional football, and I'd be inclined to believe him. Yeah, Charles Johnson. I was going through the roster, and that name just stood out for some big reason. I'm so glad you said that because it was driving me crazy. Um, <laughs> I couldn't think of who that was. Um, so how how did exactly do these guys – I mean, well, sorry, I know we're previewing the game, but real quick, just how do guys find their way onto the team? Do they do that? Do they have agents? I mean, do they just call up a coach and say, hey, I want to play? Or how exactly does that work? No, I mean, most of them have agents who found out about the alliance. Um, you know, all the teams have general managers with ties to the NFL, and, and they know agents and scouts and players. Um, but the the setup for the alliance is regional player allocation. So each team in the alliance has allocated a list of colleges and universities uh, in their geographical region. So players who played their college ball at one of those universities are allocated to that team. So uh, in Orlando, we're allocated – the Florida schools, Florida, Florida State, UF, UCF, uh, Miami, 
uh, and then some of the smaller ones throughout the state as well. Um, each alliance team is also allocated four NFL franchises and one CFL franchise. So if a player has played uh, most recently in college, then he's allocated based on his college team. If it was the NFL, he's allocated based on his NFL team or CFL team in whichever case. And if he uh, hasn't played in either within a certain amount of time, then he's free to sign anywhere. Nice, nice. So, so um, we had we had a set pool of players um, to pull from immediately. That's a good way of thinking about getting it all done. It gets things started off quick and gets you know th- the wheels spinning real quick. So uh, one of the one of the things I plan on doing over at, at Bucks Nation is writing kind of a weekly uh, recap, synopsis, what what have you of of what the Apollos put on the field. And and one of the one of the reasons I wanted to do that is something I found interesting is the Apollos are going to run a three four defense, right? Our base defense is a three four. We have it's right. it's really more of a multiple scheme as our defensive coordinator Bob Sanders says. You know, we run a lot of different uh, different fronts, but our base is a three four. Wait, did you say the coordinator was Bob Sanders? Yes, not the Colt safety Bob Sanders, um, okay. but the seventeen-year NFL assistant coach Bob Sanders. Okay, yeah, I, I know you're talking about that. But I, that's who I first thought of was the former. I was like, "That's awesome, man! That's so cool." <laughs> I get that. I get that question a lot, actually. <laughs> I just, I just find that interesting because, I mean, of course, all the talk about the Buccaneers uh, right now this year with their defense is possibly switching to a three-four base, and just like every other team in the NFL, I mean, how how much they're going to sit in base defense is, is you know, to be to be seen, but. Uh, a lot of concerns from our readers over at Bucks Nation about the depth at linebacker and defense and defensive front if they are switching to a three-four. So I mean, uh, talking about being developmental, talking about you know linking with teams and and the season ending kind of at the right time, right for for when NFL teams are looking to add uh, camp depth and, and potential uh, difference makers. I don't know. We we might be. Uh, I think Bucks fans might be interested to watch this defense and see if there's any guys out there that really stand out who they uh, they might see yeah. playing for their favorite team. So I think that's a really good observation. Evan, you got any other any other questions before we let uh, let Tom get ready? I know he's got a you have a show tonight, right? Yeah, we're uh, we're recording our weekly uh, Apollo's Football Weekly radio show tonight. That's going to air uh, Friday nights on on our uh, local sports talk station in Orlando. Ninety six. Uh, I'm sorry, it's going to air on Real Radio one hundred four point one FM, which is the radio home for our games as well. And uh, but we record it on Friday, uh, Thursday evenings, so we're getting ready to do that in a little bit here. Uh, the only thing, yeah, I mean, I'm, it's going to be awesome to watch. I can't wait. Um, I'm going to be watching my eyes are going to be on Elliot Fry because, you know, we're as Bucks fans, we're always looking for a kicker. So hopefully we can swipe. <laughs> I heard Matt Bryant's available. Yeah. Um, I actually had a discussion on my podcast last night. You know, I'm, I'm tempted. Should have never cut him in the first place, but man, 43 and coming off an injury. It's, eh, I don't know. Uh, you never know. You never you know. Never know. Yeah. No, never say never. Elliot's really good. Uh, I wouldn't. I, I would. Uh, it'd be really cool to see if he gets a shot in the league. Yeah, I mean, his, uh, field goal percentage finished out South Carolina with a career high seventy six percent. So hey, you never know. Yeah. Well, Tom, thanks so much for your time. Uh, let everybody know where they can find you and where they can watch Apollo's football. Sure. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at the Tom Alexander. Uh, you can find the Apollos on uh, Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. All of those accounts are at AAF Apollos. Um, I too am on Instagram. I write and I know stuff. Um, you can watch uh, Alliance games on CBS, CBS Sports Network, uh, Bleacher Report Live. Um, 
NFL Network and uh, also streaming through the Alliance of American Football app and on our website. Um, all of the games you'll be able to catch streaming if you can't catch them on TV. But this first game, uh, Saturday night, 8 o'clock, CBS, uh, if you are in uh, the region, uh, the uh, Apollo's broadcast region, uh, most places in the country will see the San Antonio Commanders and the San Diego Fleet uh, Saturday night on CBS. But, uh, but if, you're in, if you're in the southeast, you will definitely see the Apollos and the Legends. Fantastic. Well, Tom, good luck this weekend. Good luck on the inaugural season and moving forward, of course. And, and we thank you for your time. Thanks, Tom. Yeah, thanks, guys. All right, guys, that's going to wrap it up for this special Saturday episode of the Locked On Bucks podcast. A big thank you to Tom Alexander of the Apollos uh, for joining us for this conversation. Hopefully you guys are going to join Evan and I and, and everybody else in watching this first game of the year. And, you know, we'll see uh, see how things turn out. And, of course, a uh, special thank you to Evan Winter of Bucks Nation and the Overtime Podcast for helping me out with this. You can follow him at Evan underscore Winter. Again, follow Tom at the Tom Alexander on Twitter. And you can find me, as always, at Bucks Nation or on Twitter at DH82 underscore Bucks. Thank you, as always, for joining us here at Locked on Bucks. Bucks